Brum, 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 brum. And we're back before we even were accounted for as had left. Ha 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 Farm to table news. Farm to table news. Farm to table dot news. Like, you know what pisses me off more than you could. Possibly have I imagined. What's that, Lincoln? It's that chump who doesn't do nothing. Yeah, I hate lazy people. I'm not done. Don't interrupt me. I said people who don't do nothing. Except once every four years, when they gotta. When they choose to pardon me. The sheer absurdity of the spectacle of the modern electoral process is nowhere near more apparent than in the presidential race in the United States of America. Just like the Olympic Games, every four years, the presidential election comes around to distract and entertain the masses. And just like the Olympic Games, the proceedings are accompanied by much pulp, ceremony, and pageantry. But no substance. The Three Ring Circus, that is the race for the White House, plays itself out with a tawdry predictability. The primaries energize the party base and introduce the key themes of the election cycle for the race. Immediately, these are reduced in media coverage of the debates to memes, vague concepts, and one word appeals to the lowest common intellectual denominator. Observe. Economy. Jobs. Welfare. Defense. By the time that the left and right winged beast, farce, whatever you want to call it, of these two-way debates goes underway, by the time it's happened, by the time you're watching it, and you're watching Ken Bone making a meme or a post, an Instagram story about him, 
the second that gets underway, shit, it's already too late, pal. You done. Vague concepts and one word appeals to the lowest common intellectual denominator. Memes. Media. Pageantry. Pomp. Ceremony. Pageantry. Much pomp, ceremony, and pageantry. Nothing all of, at all of substance. It's a three-ring circuit, ain't it? But they're trying to stretch it out to four years. That's the problem. <sighs> I wonder what else is to the tune of pomp and circumstance, but not the wherewithal. So by the time Ken Bones on the screen, you're not waving hello. He's waving goodbye to you. Okay? It's no longer about politics. That all the actual issues, any pretense that there were stakes to be held here and, you know, pressure and honor and integrity are thrown right out the window. But vacuous slogans hope and change versus country first forward versus believe in America. It might as well be the red versus the blue, the Crips versus the Bloods. The boys versus the girls, the coke versus the pepsi, the fork versus the spoon. Remarkably, no one even notices the sleight of hand by which this political class of chumps and their media mongols managed to transform this contest for the White House Oval Office. You want to talk about white supremacy, The you know, that's the pinnacle of it. And they transforms into a, just a meaningless contest, a pissing race, as I believe the cool kids put it, or my dad would probably put it, because he's cool as so. hell. How does nobody notice that they've transformed this contest into the commander-in-chief, into the meaningless contest of slogans and political platitudes? Man, go kiss a platypus. You think I'm talking about Donald Trump and what's the other dude? Joe Biden's name, don't you? No, no, no. Let's go back. I want to go back. I want to take you all the way back, 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 back to Mitt Romney. The opposite of everything. The conservatives who cry over his passing profess to hold dear. When governor of Massachusetts, he argued for 
individual healthcare mandates. He later pretended to oppose these mandates. In 2004, he signed one of the toughest gun control laws in the country. He advocated a cap and tax to combat anthropogenic global warming. In 2005, that happened. He advocated for that. Oh, why? What's the problem with that, Lincoln? Don't you believe in global warming and gun control and school shootings at all? Of course I do. But let me ask you this. Have school shootings risen or dropped since Romney and Obama have fought and used them as political talking points? Oh, that's right. Obama, too, is the precise opposite of his supporters his it's he's a exact opposite of his supporters ideals he supported the bailout of the too big to fails in the 2008 financial crisis he campaigned on getting lobbyists out of washington but when he got into washington who do you think he appointed all of his administration Lobbyist after lobbyist after lobbyist after lobbyist. This guy has a hobby for the lobby. He expanded Bush's war on terror. Dude, how can you expand blowing up the World Trade Center buildings and World Trade Center 7? Because here at Farts Table News, we got a great memory. Obama expanded Bush's war on terror. Not to you and me, goodness gracious, no. To those victims in Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia. Here's a question that perhaps Google may not be fit to answer. How many drone strikes did Obama personally order after enshrinement in Libya? The doctrine is that the president is no longer even in need of Congress's rubber stamp to start a war. In his time in the office, the man who didn't want to prosecute, persecute, uh, punish whistleblowers, he's, Obama started a presidential kill list that includes American citizens. So if a hit a fucking hit list, what? And signed the NDAA, allowing the US military to, uh, it's not really important. Not what he's liking. Um, I guess arrest anyone, including Americans, anywhere, including on American soil, for any reason, and to detain them indefinitely without recourse to so much as a trial. So just like chill, none of it matters to a majority of the voters. They eat it right up. They will lap it all up. Mindless spectacle and all, following every move in the horse race. Cheering when their erstwhile leader says something that sounds acceptable. But just as soon, and just as such, jeering when the other team's captain, whoever it may be, takes the field. And when questioned on their own party's platform... Hardly one in ten will be able to accurately articulate it. For those who can see past the facade to the empty vacuum.
vacuous charade that is at the heart of this process. There are the easy explanations and trite solutions. It is the lack of education, they will argue. We need to invest more in civics education in the school system. It is a failure of the media, they will say. We need to strengthen the media and its regulations, ensuring fair and accurate reporting and communication reliability. It's a breakdown of the system itself, they will opine. We need electoral reform laws to fix our problems, they will opine. All of these so-called solutions rest on the same flawed premises that the democratic process is fundamentally sound but our implementation of that process is wrong unsound faulty defective retarded uh, uh, uh. Quite the contrary. The system is not broken. It is functioning exactly as it was designed to. And that's a bitter pill to swallow for a lot of you people. Surely there must be a political leader who conforms to our view of the way society should be run at least most of the time on most of the issues all we have to do is convince enough people to vote for this savior and our societal redemption will be assured in this worldview salvation always comes from this magical Mount Olympus place called Washington DC and the entirety of the population keeps waiting for that political messiah who is not he's not coming y'all so they'll make do with the closest approximation uh, the closest thing uh, within arm's reach and it can give me a headache and I can you know my mom and my friends like it too uh, between all that hubbub what do we have? Republicrats and Democrats? But why is it that we put all of our political energies, all of us, in our so-called Western developed democracies, to the extent that we care at all anymore about these rigged political contests? into these elections that the vast majority of the voting public believe at best to be a necessary civic duty? Let me say that one more time. I think you might have missed it. Why do we put all of our political energies? That means you. Yeah, who wore the I voted sticker? You who said, or who even turned on the TV to listen to a presidential debate. Why do we care so much about this? 
and devote all and an entirety of our energy and thought to it to the extent we care for it at all we even watch it you notice I took me a second to say Joe Biden's name because I don't care what some guy in Washington says shout out Scott Brown he told me that when I was very young why do voters hold their collective noses once every four years and to pull the lever for the lesser of two evils in order to keep the other guy out. Does anyone really believe that this process will ever achieve anything other than what it already has over the preceding centuries? Does anyone believe that our modern electoral system and process is the best? the sanest, the noblest, the most ethical way of finding accord with those around us. Because that's what it is. That's what a government is there for. To make sure, okay, no, that's Tim said, Tim had that land 10 years ago and then he died and gave it to his, you know, so you actually can't have that land because Tim... Why do we need to put that discussion in the hands of Mount Olympus, Washington, D.C.? Does anyone believe that this is the most ethical way of finding accord with those around us? Does anyone believe that the corruption, waste, fraud, abuse, rampant criminality of our political class is anything other than the inevitable end results of this centuries-old democratic experiment. These are not rhetorical questions. These are real questions with a real answer. And the answer is... Say it with me. One, two, three. Good. You said no. The reason that so few are willing to answer and say no right back then so plainly is because they're afraid of the implications of that answer that politics itself is not the answer because if the answer is not to be found in voting in meaningless political pageants once every four years then it begs the question how is society supposed to be organized this this is where we discover the heart of the fraud the question itself implies that we need some centralized authority to make the judgments for our society. It implies at, at a base that we are children, we are infants, and that without mommy or daddy government, mommy or daddy government, once you say, once you hear government, like as a baby would say government, you can start mowing what I'm growing. But I ask you this, without your mommy and daddy coming in and organizing your society and the way you put the clothes on and brush your teeth, 
Where would you be? Yeah, you'd be fine. You'd figure it out. You think nothing would function? This implies that the answer is the precise opposite of what we have been told we need. Not government. Freedom. There will be those whose ideological blinders are so securely in place that a society without government will seem as unlivable to them as an atmosphere without oxygen. Having existed in the spacesuit bubble of statism their entire lives, they'll be so deathly afraid of removing themselves from that cocoon that they will mock the mere suggestion that we take off our helms and breathe the open air of a stateless society. Surely you jest, they will say. How can we live without government? These are the same people who ask, how will my child get a good education in the absence of a government-run and taxpayer-funded public educational school system without bothering to ask how children were educated for the millennia, millennia of human history before government run education. These are the same people who will ask how we will care for the sick and the unemployed without asking how charity and basic human decency functioned before it became a government imposed monopoly. These are the same people who will ask how we will keep unscrupulous businessmen in line without government regulators, without bothering to notice that not a single banker, not one, has gone to jail for some of the worst economic crimes in the history of humanity under the most extensive governmental regulatory regimes in the history of humanity. These are the same people who will happily vote for whatever candidate promises to supply the most benefits from their country without admitting that every single benefit that the government can bestow has been either one, stolen from the wallet of the taxpayer, or two, created through debt-based money printing that puts the noose of mathematically unextinguishable debt around the necks of children yet unborn. These are the same people, these are the same people who teach their children it is always wrong for us to initiate the use of force on others and to take things against their will. But we'll see no contradiction in supporting a system called government that is made up of individuals whom they grant the authority to do precisely that. The same people who teach their children 
It's always wrong. Never hit somebody. Treat others how you would like to be treated. And don't think, don't steal. By supporting a system called government that is made up of individuals whom they grant the authority to precisely do such. In short, these are the people who will never be honest with themselves, nor look objectively at the system around them. They have not entered the plane of moral argument and will forever be wedded to a system they have never even bothered to understand. They will cast their votes happily in the next election, patting themselves on the back for having done their civic duty. And then they will return to their lives, wondering, why is my life and the world falling apart? And where is the next political candidate who will make the promise to do fuck all about it? For the rest of us, there's the realization that the political system itself is just another form of enslavement. <laughs> An enslavement that is all but the more insidious. Because it asks us to buy into it. All we have to do is push a button or pull a lever or touch a screen once every four years. And we are now absolved of our moral responsibility. Ironically, this realization is in itself liberating and puts the world into focus with crystal clarity. We're not cogs in some machine called society to be dictated by some nebulous entity that we've been taught to call government or the authorities. We are free individuals, freely interacting with those around us, bound by the moral injunction not to initiate force against others or take things from others against their will. We're responsible for our actions and their consequences, both positive and negative. We're responsible for what we do or don't do to help those in our community. And to make this world better, or leave it to rot. There is no political messiah that will descend from the heavens to tell us what to do or to protect us from the bad men. All we have is ourselves and our choices. We vote every day, not in some meaningless election, but in who we choose to associate with what we choose to spend our money on, what we choose to invest our time and energy doing, this is the essence of freedom. And for us, it is painful to watch our brothers, sisters, non-binary siblings, transgender, cisgender, any gender, we're, we're past gender. It's just painful to watch my siblings getting swept up in the election cycle hype. We watch the sad spectacle, not with some sense of scorn or derision, 
but with sadness for those who have not yet woken up to the reality of their mental enslavement. That sadness, however, is tempered by hope. Hope that one day, those poor voters trudging off to that booth to pull the lever or press the button will one day realize that all they are really doing is voting for which slave master they will allow to put the chains around their neck. <laughs>